Hey, what's up? Ephraim Taylor here with the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Hey, Alec here with the next episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast, a show where we share the lives of everyday people living an everyday life in faith. Today, I have Ephraim Taylor. He's a husband, a father, an American ninja warrior, missionary for God, a mountain man. He has so much going on for him. To me, he's a great leader. He's a mentor. He's an all-around good guy. I think it's good to get wisdom from people in a different stage of life from me. I think I've learned a lot from him, and I think his story can really bless a bunch of other people. God really worked some things out in his life that he wasn't aware of, and I think where it's taking him now and where it's going to take him is one that we can learn so much from. So without further ado, let's get on to the episode. Okay, I am so happy to have this episode by somebody great. Introduce yourself. My name is Ephraim Taylor. It feels like we just did this because we just recorded the intro. <laughs> oh, man. Ephraim, you look great. Always. You look oh, good. Thanks. I, I'm, I don't know why I keep like complimenting all our guests like physically with stuff like that. I think it's getting to a weird point, but I do that for everyone. Don't worry. Oh, good. Oh, man. Ephraim. I want to be special. Yeah, I am so excited to have you. I tried to avoid that, and here we are. We're going to keep this in the episode, though. Um, yeah, but it's cool to have you on the episode. I think it's been good. The last few episodes, everyone's been pretty young, but you know, you're actually a dad, not like a theoretical dad. You're like a dad. Are you saying I'm old? Look, man, if the shoe fits <laughs> is what people say. It works, it works. We're going to say older. Older, I like it. Do you call yourself an old man or do you call yourself middle age? How do you feel? I'm 31. I don't think I'm old. You from my own believe How old are you, actually? 31. 31? <laughs> yeah, I really am. Oh, my gosh. Ephraim, I thought you... Ephraim, I, I thought you were like 40. I, you thought I was 40? Not from like a you look old, from a like you're uh, wise oh, like okay. 40. Like, okay, this guy's like been through life. Really? You're 31? Yeah. Born in 87. I'm changing this whole podcast. <laughs> it's got to change completely. How huh? to be wise at 31 <laughs> podcast. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm complimenting you on just how old you are. <laughs> Perfect. I worked hard at it. No, oh, that's so cool. Um, You worked hard. You're fit. Um. But yeah, I have you on here because I think you have a really cool story, even though I barely knew most of it before the episode. <laughs> but now that I know enough, I think it's going to be fun to yeah, do. Be good times. Yeah. So have you ever been on a podcast? Have I have been? not. This is the first time. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts though? I do. Yeah. So. I do. Cool. I get to have the first one. So when you're 40 and the 40 fittest people, like the 40-year-old fittest. <laughs> Perfect. Just know I had you first. Absolutely. I always um, get back to this one. Yeah. But no, you've been a good guy to me. Uh, if people don't know. I'm a small group leader at my church, and we have coaches, people that tell me how to be a small group leader. So whenever I get compliments, it's not really what I did. It's what Ephraim did. I'm going to give you all the credit. Oh, that's that's nice. But I tell people about how you're a good small group leader. So it all goes. It's a, it's a circle. This it's is a the circle. nicest podcast ever. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, you serve a lot. So that's kind of our relationship yeah. there. How long have you been in 180 and doing like stuff like that, actually? I've been in about five years. Five years? Yep. Okay. So I've been in there about four. So dang. Not Just bad. before you. Yep. How, and so you're married. Uh, tell us about your wife. So my wife, Rebecca, is actually older than me. And we have five kids, um, ages from three to 13. Is Evan the oldest? He is the oldest. He's yeah. 13. Well, he's my favorite, just so you know, of all oh, your kids. He's, he's probably the only one you know. He's the only one I know, <laughs> actually. I can't name a single one of your other kids. That's okay. He's a good kid. He I just really see, is. I just see the crew. I just see the van. And that's <laughs> all I know. It's a big van. Oh, man. That's fun. And so good Christian father, good Christian life. 
and let's we'll just jump into like kind of the beginnings of it where you did you grow up in a was your family growing up like the family you have now if that makes sense uh no i mean the family i grew up was definitely a christian home uh but you know i think i think as a person we look back especially as we become a dad and we see how the family the way that we grew up and we want to fix the things that we didn't like about our the way we grew up. So there was a lot of good, positive things about the way I grew up. I love my family, love my parents, but there was um, a lot of things missing, like relationally. And so try to be try to be more intentional about having relationships with our mm-hmm. kids. And uh, you know, one of the big struggles I had was uh, anger, and I still oh, wow. struggle with it. It's something that I have to um, purposely surrender all the time. Yeah, because anger is one of those things that would be the the easy emotion to go to. How many of there are you? Do you have siblings? I have three brothers. Are you the oldest or the youngest? I am in the, in the middle. Are you the middle? Are uh, they as strong as you? My youngest brother. I <laughs> 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 uh, definitely stronger than my older two. My younger brother is bigger than me. What? Uh, but I am leaner and more fit than he is. All right, so you're like Captain America, and he's like he's like Thor or something. I always want to be Thor. You always want to be. Th- I'm sorry. I'm Thor, and he's Hulk. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's still a big. That's a big man. Yeah. Do your other, do your older brothers actually work out and stuff too, or is no. that just not the? Oh, okay, so no, you don't. two want to be strong. Yeah, we both work out. My oldest brother, uh, he used to be really fit. He used to be really fit. He went to the Naval Academy, used to wrestle, oh, uh, all kind of stuff. But he has since not continued okay. working out. And then my other brother was more into music, and so he obviously did not work out. But uh, wait, what's that even mean? Obviously, <laughs> I don't know. There's no fit musician. No, he didn't. He played drums, and so he probably didn't need to be. He didn't need to work out. He's he's he was always he's always skinny. Always looks like he yeah yeah no that's awesome. And so just all boys. Yep, growing up, I didn't know anything about girls at all. Yeah, I'm 23. I still don't know anything about girls. So I'm 31 and married, and I don't know a lot. Wait, I know more than you though. <laughs> Dang, uh, he just roasted me while also praising himself. Um, <laughs> with your kids, actually, how many boys, how many girls do you have? Uh, I have two boys and three girls. The oldest and youngest are boys. Dang, how did that, and so, how does that go with that dynamic? Like, were you, like, learning really more about girls, like, with your kids then, do you feel? Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, learning a lot more about personalities and all of that as well. Uh, it's a whole mixed bag, especially as we you know, dive into just understanding people more and becoming more relationally and just understanding people in general. Uh, You know, we have five kids, so every kid has a different personality. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning that I need to talk to them differently and even discipline them differently because I don't want to be the dad that disciplines them the way I want to discipline them. I I want to discipline them or train them or teach them in a way that's going to help them best. Yeah. And so that puts a lot more on me and my wife, but that's the bottom. I mean, that's what we want. That's this very is, hard. This is so different. I'm actually learning like how to be a parent, whereas <laughs> normally we just talk about personality type tests right now. Sure. But now you're you're teaching me stuff. No. Well, this... my wife's actually studying it, so she's going to take the Myers Briggs certification, and she's okay. also studying enneagrams. Do you know yours? I am a eight wing nine. Eight wing nine. Okay. And then I'm. E... Oh gosh. I know there's a J because it's judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an ENFJ, if that helps. I'm an EF. I, I can't remember what they ES, mean. ES. I don't know. I don't know all of them. I just I know, know what I was. I, I know my them. wife knows, and so she listens. And she's gonna be like, uh. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just text, I'll just text y'all and ask for the notes on what is E from for the. I have it in my phone. I can find it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, man, 
I'm already learning so much wisdom and stuff I won't use for a while. But see, this is the point of the podcast. But that's but that's that goes back to relationships in general, though. It's not just with my kids. If I can understand my own personality better, if I understand who I am better, I can relate to other people better. And so yeah. that just learning how to understand people for people, not just the way I see people or I see life. That's good. So. That's awesome. So grow up in a four boy, four boy household. Good Christian. Good Christian family, though. A little different, though. Going through different things. And now, like, you you grew up a Christian. You went to church. But, like, the relationship you had back then, not even from a growth perspective, from just, like, an understanding kind of perspective was a lot different. Like, do you feel like you were going to church or living Christian life for, like, the right reasons, would you say? Or, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm wording that weird. No, that's good. I mean, I think I... I went to well. I went to church because I had to, for one. Mm-hmm. But I think with the way I the way I grew up, and I accepted things, and I didn't question things, and so I just accepted that there was a God, and I accepted that church. We went to church because that's what we were supposed to do, and okay. so I didn't question that. But I didn't really develop a relationship. You know, I went to church because that's what we're supposed to do. I wanted to have a relationship with God. I wanted to even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. So hearing have a relationship with God is like, yeah, I want that, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so that was always a question that I had growing up. Did you ever have like a rebellious phase? Because that happens a lot with people that are grown up in a ch- Christian household. Uh, yeah, I mean, sort of. Not like uh, not like off the handle or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I did my own thing, but I still wanted to, I still wanted to do the right thing because, uh, you know, I wanted to do the right thing. You know, I I drank a few times and found out really quickly that it's disgusting and I don't <laughs> like it. And I think what did it for me was, uh, you know, I probably only drank like five times, but uh, I woke up one next morning and I felt weak. Oh wow! And that goes completely against the way I want to feel because my identity was found in strength yeah and so for to do something on purpose to make me feel weak i was like no and mm-hmm. so i remember the day i woke up with like a slight headache and felt weak and i said i'll never drink again wow so not even like a spiritual thing just more of a like physical and like yeah. even mental emotionally like no this is this isn't cool like i yeah. don't like this and i was okay with that because i even went to parties later and there's people drinking and i had like a gallon of milk or something like, <laughs> i'm not gonna drink i don't care what's your favorite so. milk I'm a whole milk guy. Raw milk. Raw what? What is raw milk? Like straight from the udder. Like not pasteurized, not oh my gosh. size. That's so like... metal. That's so cool. Eat from. Do you do like raw eggs? Have you ever done that? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Before I was married, yeah. You're the nails for cereal kind of guy. <laughs> no, and even getting into that, and you said like at a young age, about like when you were a teenager, you got into fitness, you got into taking care of yourself. How did that all start? Yeah, so I got into fitness, and when I was 14, uh, I started. I got into martial arts, uh, taekwondo, and some jujitsu, and then I got into lifting weights. Uh, and then, of course, growing up in uh, the home, we worked a lot too. So it just it kind of all flowed flowed together. And uh, uh, you know, I tried to play football in eighth grade, but I had some stuff come up where it just didn't work out. And so I just found something that I could do on my own. And so okay. I got into lifting weights because that's where I had confidence and so I could build confidence because of the outer image and you were naturally good at it then right no I was oh, not what? I was not 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 at all I had to you know everything that physically I am now I had to you know I had to I had to work for it I wasn't a natural athlete okay I was naturally like leaner but you know because we grew up we grew up my dad started a tree business when I was in the fifth grade or when I was five years old and so I grew up handling firewood 
oh, all wow. the time. So I we delivered hundreds and hundreds of ricks of firewood every year. And so that's what I did as a kid uh, was firewood. And so I grew up strong, but not like naturally good athlete. Oh, here comes Ephraim with his giant forearms and something just doing that. That's the only thing I know from like I've chopped wood once and not to brag, I'm pretty good at it. That's good. From the other people that were chopping wood, they said I was pretty good. But okay, cool. So natu- you were fit, but you had to work on it. That's a whole separate podcast, honestly. It is. I'm going to start it one day, the Casually Fit Podcast. Oh, sweet. I'll be on. First guest. Oh, snap. Okay, that's a commitment. David, write it down. Audio producer David coming in clutch. So you just do that. So it sounds like you, young age, you know, you grew up a pretty good kid and not, not a lot of issues there. And then so you graduate, go through high school, and you got married quickly after high school, actually. I did. Right after high school, um, yeah, I met her when I was 19. Uh, she had a son. He was about 14 months when we met. And... We just kind of hit it off and got married the next year. I think I was 20 when I got married. And, uh, you know, she'll text, she'll tell us if that one's wrong when she listens. Like, Ephraim, uh, what is this? She probably won't remember either. Oh, <laughs> Call her out. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that because we just celebrated 11 years. Oh. So I'm 31. And apparently so. you're 31. <laughs> math works. I can do math. Praise God. <laughs> Can't spell, but I can do math. <laughs> I can spell. I was in the spelling bee three times. Fun Gosh, fact. man. I failed, Dude, I failed every one of them. Together, we'd be like such like an amazing man. Because I'm really smart. And like I work out, but like I'm not Ephraim. But I can spell. So. <laughs> oh, man. I can't spell. I can do math and I can lift things. So we're on, we're on the right track. Look at this. He is teaching Teamwork. Music. Makes the dream work. Absolutely. Look at that. But you got married, 20. And to some people, that's living the life. But how were you okay with so young, like getting married at that age? I hated dating. I hated that whole game of wasting, like not wasting time, but I don't know. I just, I wanted to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like dating. I didn't date very many people. And so I didn't like that whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wanted to like it cause I liked girls, but I never like, uh, pursued a lot of girls. So I didn't try real hard, I guess. She was just, be- she was just better. She was just different. You know, I went to this church, <laughs> I went to this church to meet a girl. And like, <laughs> Come on. Two years later I met her. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was interesting how that worked though, because I was getting ready to leave that church and I felt like I should go back one more time. And that what? one time was the first day she showed up. It's like a it's like a lifetime Christian movie right here. Oh, dude, <laughs> the script writes itself. I know it's easy. Oh man. Uh, no, but yeah. So we met, and you know, I uh, we my pickup line because her aunt introduced us, which I didn't know her aunt, but she just randomly said, "This is Rebecca." And so the next week, I was like, "Hey, I don't remember your name, but my name's Ephraim." And she's like, "Oh, I know. <laughs> Crap, she remembered my name." Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we started talking and we started dating and it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's easy to date someone in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when you start really getting, you know, more serious and, and stuff. When you want to grow deeper that you have to, you know, make hard choices. I, I felt I felt the Lord at, uh, uh, we were dating for about six months and I felt the Lord kind of prompted me to ask her how, how she thought the relationship was going, which mm-hmm. I thought was a stupid question. Oh. I thought it was dumb. Like, why would I ask her that? That's a terrible thing. <laughs> That's to a do. trap. That is a trap. <laughs> I asked her, and she says, "Well, I will have to think about it," which is a terrible thing. That's right? scary. So then she broke up with me two days later. <laughs> you you tricked her into breaking up with you, basically. <laughs> I know. And you know, I think that was one of the first times I really felt like heartbreak because I really liked her and I wanted to be with her. And but and uh, 
<laughs> you know, it was it was it was weird because I I was really hurt over that, but I wanted her to do well. But she thought that I would just you know blow her off and move on. Uh, but that was when I actually moved to Church on the Move. Okay. And so the first time I went to Church on the Move, I saw Pastor George, who I saw as Gospel Bill. I was like, that's Gospel Bill. Oh, you grew up watching Gospel oh, Bill yeah, and stuff I like did. that. Oh, yeah, I did. I grew up in the 90s, bro. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Gospel Bill was up on stage, and it was awesome. And I just knew that she was supposed to be with me. Wow. And so the next week, I actually called her and said, hey, do you want to go to church, even though we weren't dating? So oh, was she not going to church? Or I guess she was met going, her at church. She was going to the other Separate little church. One. Okay. And with her grandparents, because she's living with the grandparents. And so she, I went and picked her up. Mm-hmm. No strings attached. Like, hey, let's just go yeah. to church. And so we, we did that for a little while. And we started talking. And we ended up getting back together. As soon as we got back together, we are like, yeah, we're going to get married. Oh, come and on. And so then uh, that was in the fall. And I asked her to marry me on Valentine's Day. <gasps> so romantic. I wish it was. I wish it was a better story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then we got married uh, in June. And yeah, now we have five kids. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Well, yeah. I didn't know I'd get a... Get a love story out of this. I didn't either. Everybody's gonna be so happy. That's gonna be that's gonna be the selling point. Listen, that's a like, that's only how many loves we have. So many different love stories on this thing, David. I don't know. Oh. I did not think I'd be the love story one. I thought you were gonna talk about me being on American Ninja Warrior or something. <laughs> oh snap! Spoiler alert! Oh, spoiler alert! Ninja Warrior, but no, which is cool. Even through this time, you're definitely staying fit, though. Yeah, definitely staying fit because that was always something that was, that's, again, that's where I found my strength. You know, I was, you know, my favorite story growing up was Shocker Samson. Okay. But for, <laughs> but for all the wrong reasons, you know, uh, I loved his stories because the stories of him being strong and ripping mm-hmm. the gates down and killing a lion and like, yeah, I'd like to do that. That'd be cool. And But uh, never really seeing past the physical side of it wow and that was where i always focused on was the physical side like mm-hmm. yeah look at my arms you know my forearms are huge my biceps <laughs> are big yeah, all those things but what's inside mm-hmm. and you know that's where uh, you know tension started to come even in being married is because you know you it's easy to be physically attracted to somebody but you know after you get to know somebody you really realize who they are and you mm-hmm. have to grow and if you're not humble yeah you're going to have a lot of problems and you, if you're not willing to admit that you're wrong and stuff like that. So that's that whole next stage of process of learning to admit where I'm wrong and where like, I'm. You had begun, I guess, from a young age with this fitness stuff. And so at this point, it's been a few years, you definitely would have put some identity into this. Like this is who I am. And oh, you absolutely. would have built so much on that, like pressure, pride, whatever you want to call it. And so that's something that came up and you even said, and we've talked about it, that you've grown to, uh, that, that was part of who you are. And you always had this mindset, like I'm strong, like that's the kind of leader, but even like a physically, and I guess like probably mentally, emotionally, like just a tough guy. Do you think you like kind of rolled with like that kind of stereotype of guys? I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so I used my strength to mask strength in all those other areas wow because you know there's a big difference between being physically strong and being emotionally strong mm-hmm. um there's a difference between being physically strong and, and spiritually strong yeah you know, samson was physically strong because god gave him strength but he wasn't spiritually strong yeah even though the spirit was in him um you know i think uh we didn't talk about this before but what the i think getting to the root of things is one of the most important things like why mm-hmm. why do i need that strength um, and you know, one of the things that changed my life was in the sixth grade. I got a first day of sixth, sixth grade, went to class and I was more of a shy kid. I was very reserved, very like 
never wanted to be in trouble, never wanted to let anybody down, kind of like the uh, uh, the two brothers. And you know, the one went off and went away, yeah. but the other one stayed home. I was always the older brother, the one yeah. that didn't get in trouble. I did everything right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went to I couldn't figure out how to get my locker open, and I went to class kind of crying because I didn't know what to do, and I was late to class. Wow. But I heard kids laughing behind me, and mm-hmm. I immediately assumed that they were laughing at me. Yeah. And it wasn't until a year ago that I even thought, what if they weren't laughing at me? Wow. And so in that moment, I remember very vividly saying I will never cry again, Wow. which was basically I will never show emotion again. Mm-hmm. And that's where I just walled myself in from my emotional side. I basically just put my emotions in a jail Wow. and said, yeah. done. Uh, and so it's taken the last 10 years of marriage and really getting closer to God to even break those walls down. It's probably the last five years where those walls actually started to come down and we're actually... Mm-hmm show emotion and I am very much more open and even vulnerable to even share my story. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That's that story from sixth grade. That'll, that'll preach. Cause I think definitely at a young age is people don't realize like how formative, like even those small moments can be like just people, if somebody laughed at you or even if somebody didn't like laugh at a joke, you can tell yourself automatically, wow, maybe I'm not funny. And those people grow up like not having confidence and even telling jokes. Absolutely. So I think somebody, you know, if maybe they were or weren't laughing at you for something like a lock, that's, I can definitely see, like I was putting the piece together. Like that's, that's something that could affect them. And so you're looking at your life like, wow, that's just, that's like, that's something bad. And I'm not going to experience that again. And people do that. But I, I think the, I hardened my heart and because I hardened my heart to being vulnerable into that side of me, I actually blocked God out as well. Oh wow. And that's, I think that's why, I never really had a relationship because I was really closed off to letting anyone in. And mm-hmm. if I wouldn't let anybody else in, I couldn't let God in either. Yeah. I think, and I think that works for where we ultimately want to go. Cause I think your story, story of your life is one of like really kind of discovering yourself and like who God has made you and like opening to God has really evolved into the person that, you know, this podcast is ultimately about. And so you grow up, um, you get married living your life and, you know, kind of these things from way long ago as a kid, you're taking it to you through your adult life. And it's not until some events, something at church that allows you to really grow and meet Jesus, start your like real relationship with him and start really coming to terms with this stuff. Um, It was on what our church calls mountain men. And I guess that's where we'll pick up. You were going on a mountain men trip. Yeah. I, uh, I got invited on a mountain men trip, uh, and I was all about it, you know, because you know, I love to be fit, go climb a mountain. Why, and that's all it is. It's just not? a group of guys at Bible study. And then at the end of the semester, y'all go climb a mountain. It's not even really a Bible study. It's <laughs> uh, it's like, it's more like a, an intentional small group, but it's more or less based on getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, we're not studying anything. Okay. We meet up once a month to really get to know each other mm-hmm. and to really just be honest and real with each other. And some guys can't do that really open up until they're on the mountain but excuse me a lot of it is just to get to know each other and uh to have accountability in everything that we do and even just physically training to go on a mountain because you have to physically train to get on the mountain yeah and on that first trip is when i actually started uh training for american ninja warrior found a quote be fit to be useful so training for a a a mountain was very useful because it's active it's keeping you fit and all of that so that kind of played in with uh training for a mountain so training for the mountain was easy because i was already kind of doing some of those things a lot of body weight type stuff and so the mountain trip 
the mountain came and the first year, um, you know, one of the, on the logo of mountain men, it says ask and it's ask, seek and knock according to Matthew seven, seven and eight. Um, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And so that's the mantra of mountain men. Um, and so going on that trip, you know, they always ask, well, what are you going for the mountain for? Um, and honestly, I was going, you know, I wanted to meet God. I wanted to hear from God, but I also wanted to not climb one mountain, but I wanted to climb three because I very egotistically and pridefully thought that I could climb all three, which you can. Um, there's no reason you, you couldn't, but that's not what the purpose of the trip was. But mm-hmm. in my heart and heart, yeah, I wanted to go do that. Like, that's the goal that I'm going to reach. That's it's the like, real goal. If I meet, G- if like Jesus, Jesus is going to work. So that's cool. But like, I'm going to be able to say like, I climbed three mountains. Uh, exactly. That's exactly what the heart behind it was. Wow. And so we went, we're on the trip. Uh, awesome group of guys. Uh, a lot of things were happening. And, you know, the first day is kind of like a rest day uh, where you kind of just get acclimated, you know, because we're going from basically sea level in Oklahoma to <laughs> camping at 11,000 feet. You know, wow. it's, a big, it's a big jump. Uh, so there's just like an acclimation day of just getting used to it. And I'm going to go spend some time with God. While just, and I had some good time, good quiet time, some reflection time, and I heard um, pride. You know, I heard some other things too, but the the main thing was pride. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I actually wrote that down. Um, and was that like a shock to you in that moment? Like, I didn't know what it meant. Except you were just like, that's random, but sure. I knew I knew it was like from God, but uh-huh. I didn't know what it meant. It's like okay, pride. I heard I think it was unforgiveness and bitterness too, but it was really the pride thing that's really been the mantra of what. I took from that and it was kind of like, okay, so pride. I don't know what that means. Let's go climb some mountains. <laughs> <laughs> go figure. So uh, one of the other guys meets up because we had talked before about going to climb Humboldt, the Southern Mountain. And uh, like, yeah, we'll just go do that real quick. And we get up to the saddle, which is about like uh, 13,000 feet. So we had another 1,000 feet to go, which is a lot farther up a mountain than you think 1,000 feet is. Um, and storm clouds came in and we said, hey, you know what? This is a safety issue. We need to go back down. So we ran back down. Uh, next day, we wake up super, super early. Uh, goal in mind, still three mountains? Always. Okay. <laughs> always. Why not? There we go. Um, that never even crossed my mind to think that we wouldn't hit the other <laughs> one. <laughs> okay, cool. One less day. I, I can do it. Yeah. Them. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, so we get up and, you know, to climb Crestone is about a 12-hour hike. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do it in 11, but it's a solid 12-hour hike. How long is this trip in total? By five the way? days. Five days. Okay. There's a lot crammed into five days. Wow. Um, so, you know, 12 hour hike to get to Cresto and we wake up at like five in the morning, we get going, uh, we're going up and we're getting up to the saddle. You know, you got to go up and over one saddle and down around a mountain and back up to the mountain. We mm-hmm. can start going up the saddle and, uh, <clears throat> storm clouds come in again Calm and on. we get, we get up to the top and we, we can't see down the other side. So it's like a 700 foot, you know, down thing that you have to go. We couldn't see 50 feet in front of us. I mean, there was, we were like in the clouds, like it was heavy fog. Was that scary? No, it was pretty cool. It was just cold. <laughs> it was just really cold. Like the wind was blowing. It was just like, yes, we need to go down. Okay. So this, it, honestly, this is making it like more like exciting for you. This is like, okay, I'm definitely going to conquer this. I wasn't even thinking about it really. Cause we, I knew that we had to make the right call. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Me and another guy are like, well, let's go down. I was like, the storm is on this side of the valley. Why don't we just go down and see if we can go do Humboldt? <laughs> so we go down that saddle and up the other saddle, and the storm clouds come in, and, and we just had to call it. And that was kind of like that, 
as as we were going back down, and you know, we we the next day we're like, well, we're we're, we're here. We have to go home. You know, there's nothing wow. we can do. And so, kind of that pride thought was just rolling around my head. Like, yeah, I've got this pride. I came here to climb three mountains, but I didn't climb any. And kind of so that was like the next year of just trying to figure out what this means. Like, I have an issue with pride. It's like you sat on that after the trip. You were just like, what? So you're yeah. still unsure, really, what this means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Just like, what does this mean? Like, okay, so basically, I had to accept it. Like, I have an issue with pride, and that kind of just. I think was the beginning of knocking those hardened walls down mm-hmm. around my heart and being able like to open my heart up and to, yeah. And you're probably thinking just like acknowledging you might have some pride is probably like good enough. You were just like, wow, if I, if I know I have pride then I can definitely work on it. And for you at the time, you probably, it was kind of like, okay, like this is something I'm working on. I'm good now. Right. Like kind of, yeah. Kind of like, okay, I dealt with pride this year. So the next year, uh, I get to go on mountain men trip again. And going to the same mountain, Crestone, and kind of just like, okay, this year, my focus more is I want to hear from God. Okay. You know, and I was actually... Good attitude. Good yeah, mindset, Ephraim. I, I want to hear from God for Look at real. That growth. I know. I still wanted to climb Humboldt. <laughs> <laughs> just not as prideful about it, though. <laughs> yes. And so I actually told people about it, and I actually went and uh, me and Brandon, uh, Brandon Curine and another guy, we went and climbed Humboldt on our off day, and it was really cool. And, and we had a good time, and so the next day we go we go climb Creston, and we make it to the top, uh, and we're up there. We have a little bit of time to uh, just spend some time with God, just yeah. on the top of a mountain. You know, you look at the the Bible. Jesus goes to the mountain time. Moses goes to the mountain yeah. top, and there's reasons for it. I mean, number one, you have no cell phone. Like there's you don't have Praise service. God. It doesn't matter. It's one of the most amazing things. No one can call you if there is an issue. You won't know about it. You're here. You're alone. And that's one of the beauties of going to the mountain is you're isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sit down in this little spot, this little nook up there, and uh, kind of just start praying a little bit and trying to just be quiet and listening. Mm-hmm. And it's quiet. It's awesome. And uh, I hear you spent this last year training the hardest you've ever trained, eating as good as you can to be as physically fit to get here. Why don't you spend that much energy getting to know me more while you were at home. Wow. That'll, that'll wreck someone. I did. It, it was like, I got punched in the gut. Wow. And so it was like, and then he was quiet. Like God just that threw was it. it out there and said, here you go. Sit on that. Yeah. And I just punched you. No. So like when you hear that thought and what starts going through your head, let's climb down this mountain. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Not going to deal with this. I'm done here. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's kind of like, okay, what does this mean? You know, and the cool thing about the brotherhood of the mountain men guys is just being able to be open and vulnerable with other guys. We're there as men and no matter what it is and what's going on, we can talk about it. So we get back down to the camp and we sit around the campfire for a couple, like a couple hours and we all just talk about it and we are able to open up and share about things. And it's, you know, like a small group, you know, mm-hmm. you're just being open and vulnerable to guys is just easier on the mountain. I think, uh, and we end up, we end in prayer and somebody starts praying and I start praying. And then I just kind of, I'm overwhelmed with the presence of God, not in a weird, like nineties church kind of way <laughs> where you're kind of scared to invite your friends to this thing, yeah. but just in a real way, like I felt God's presence and it was real and it was real to me. It was different from like any time you've experienced God. Yeah, it was the, really the first time I felt his presence. Wow. I always wanted to feel it. Like, like I always believed that God was there. I knew he was there. But I never felt him or heard, you know, I heard certain things, mm-hmm. but 
that was real. Did you feel like before this moment, like something was missing from your faith? Something was missing from your relationship? I never thought that far into it. Like I'm not, I'm tra- sorry. I'm trying to get like, so deep no, I like it. Mind goes. I like it. You know, it's good. It's, it's, I didn't really dive into that thought that much. And so I wasn't really, I didn't need to go there. So I didn't go there. Wow. And so breaking down these walls, I want to go there now. Mm-hmm. I like opening up to that spot because I want to grow deeper with God. And so coming back from the mountain on that trip was just this more real realism of really wanting to really know God more and to dive into him in a deeper level. And, you know, still pride, obviously. Yeah. Like it was, it was a very much pride thing. Like you're still battling, you know, your strength comes from your physical fitness, mm-hmm. you know? And so that kind of leads to this question of is physical fitness good or bad, you yeah. know? And that's kind of a question I wrestled with, even with every, all the good I do even with my work, I have to be fit. You know, I climb trees and so I have to be fit to do that. And then, you know, competing on American Ninja Warrior, yeah, I train to be uh, fit. Let's actually kind of like detour. Real oh man, let's detour. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, Cause I'm going to probably put that in the title. And people are like, when are they going to talk about that? Never. <laughs> that, that's, it was a tease, but no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In, in, so in this, you're training to be an American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. In, in the, the theater so of the mind, you're wearing the tank and you have a, I do. Water that just happened to be in the same thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, while training for the mountains, which is good training for Ninja Warrior yeah. and tree climbing competitions, which I do as well. Wait, just like professional? You're a professional tree climber. I am. I that that might be the coolest thing you could tell anyone. Almost actually, more than American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> I want you to tell people I'm a professional tree climber. I am. I actually just competed this last weekend. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hear Ninja Warrior. First. Okay, I'm yeah. Sorry. I'll see first. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, Ninja Warrior uh, season nine. I competed in San Antonio. Um, which was one of the most nerve wracking experiences ever, you know, cause it's like, I've been in small comps before, like ninja comps and local comps and it's like it's, a ninja regional. Yeah. yeah but okay. this is American Ninja Warrior. Okay. So it's like the big stage. And yeah. so like, there's all this new stuff. It's an NBC production. You know, mm-hmm. you, you could be on TV, you know, it's a big thing. And so there's a lot of pressure there. It's at night. And so I show up, it's like. And you, you show up and you get the number, what number you're going to roll, what number you're going to go on. And I was number three. Oh, wow. Like out of See, how out, many? Out of like a hundred. Okay. Dang. But I get to go at like 9.15 instead of like five in the morning. Okay. So it was oh, dang. They, oh, it is. So, a, I've never put that together that they're going at like night. late into the night. This is behind the scenes. So I'll tell you more on season, the next season <laughs> in a minute. But yeah, so I run out there and. It's really surreal. You know, my heart is pounding. I've peed like 20 times because I was so nervous. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I get up on there and there's those steps. Get through the steps. After I jump on the first step, everything kind of just melts away. And I'm just on the course. And I'm running the course. And I'm like a bull and like just looking straight ahead with blinders. I don't see anybody. I don't see the crowd. I'm uh-huh. just going straight forward. And, uh, you know, it's weird. It's it's fun. I'm just getting through the thing. And, uh uh, there's one obstacle I was really worried about these big red balls that move and spin. I had to run across <laughs> them and I start running and then I, I end up landing on my butt. So, but I made it, I made it across and that was cool. Get to the next obstacle. And that's where I actually fell in the water. What was the obstacle? It was, uh, these ring things. You hold on this ring and they're on the hook and you have to jump your body like five feet across and hit the other hook. Oh, and wow. I hit the hook and missed it. And then I got really wet. <laughs> uh, happens that fast. Oh dude, it happens so quick. Uh, so yeah, then I train again. You know, keep go back, keep training. All you didn't of that. make it. Did you? You didn't make it on TV that year. I did. They oh, showed me for like seven seconds. They showed <laughs> me fall. I was actually the guy that Akbar used to say, "This is what you're not supposed to do." Oh, that was wow. me. 
That's cool. That's not good for the pride. I know. Actually, <laughs> it was it was funny. It was funny because yeah. like, oh, Akbar actually the number one they showed me because they only show about thirty out of a hundred people. Okay. Uh, so that was cool. And so if I am gonna fall, it's cool that Akbar actually used my name and used <laughs> me to what not to do. So that was fun. You know, yeah. like, okay, so they used me. Uh, the next gen American Ninja Warrior, same thing except I run at three thirty in the morning, uh, and I actually. F- <laughs> This was a hit to the pride because I actually <laughs> fell on something I was not expecting to fall on. It was a trampoline thing. And so that was really, really frustrating. Uh, Timeline-wise, like Mountain Man, American Warrior, American Ninja Warrior, how's that go? Uh, like this first, is... Like so first trip? American, or, which yeah, came first, basically? Oh, gosh. I think Mountain Man did because it was uh, in the fall. We went on the mountain trip, and then in the spring was Ninja Warrior. Okay. I think. I don't know. I could be off on that. Okay, but I just wanted to like clarify in case you were like trying to track like what's going on in your oh, life. Gosh, man. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Uh, so second year is more of a hit to the pride because I found something I shouldn't have. I don't even know where I placed. The first year I actually placed 33rd. So I was three away from moving on to the finals oh. on Ninja Warrior the first year. Okay. Second year, I have no idea where I finished. Didn't, didn't even matter. Didn't even matter. Didn't <laughs> even care. I was mad. It's just like, oh, it's so frustrating that I fell mm-hmm. on that. Uh, and then so the third year, this last year... I guess I can talk about it because it should have already aired when this comes out. Um, <laughs> Don't sue me, NBC. Yeah, <laughs> NBC's coming for you. Um, if they find this podcast, it's like a bad thing. Like, dang, I made it, but then like, dang, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, but the NBC knows about your podcast, see? <laughs> Maybe somebody will pick it up. The ah, Casually cool. Spiritual Show, David. Yeah. Uh, so this last year, uh, I show up to the roll call and uh, somebody says, hey, they're calling for you up front. So I walk up and say, hey, you're calling my name? What am I first? <laughs> He looks at the sheet. Goes, yeah, you are. What? I was like, sweet, let's do it. Uh, but it's interesting. So I've been pondering this idea. Um, like, is it better to go first or last or in the middle or whatever? And I was like, what if I had the attitude that a champion goes first? Oh wow! Not Good. saying that I am a champion, not in a prideful way. So kind of that, just that heart posture of, okay, am I confident in myself for who I am enough to go first without being so nervous and like without being a wreck? And no, just like this idea of, you know, I am okay to go first. And I was a lot less nervous this year. I mean, I was still nervous, but I was a lot more calm, a lot more focused. Like, you know what? Actually, on the ride up there, I was like, you know, it'd be really funny if I was first. <laughs> and kind of just was almost preparing myself for that idea. And like, you know what? It's okay. I can go first. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change anything. And so I was, I was more or less first. There was a couple of walk-ons they let go first, but then I was the first one that they called back. And so... You know, I get through, I get to the fourth obstacle, and uh, I wiped out hard. <laughs> on I the first hit, one? No, the fourth obstacle. Fourth one, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, the fourth obstacle. You know, the, the frustrating part, which was really frustrating, and it still is frustrating, but it wasn't <laughs> like, it's not like frustrating from my heart, was the fifth obstacle were these trees you had to climb. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm the tree ninja. <laughs> the tree ninja. And it's so frustrating. That's going to be the better title. <laughs> I'm not even going to use Ephraim Taylor. <laughs> tree ninja talks about. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I fell on this other obstacle, and it was this weird board thing, spring thing we had to run across, and I wiped out hard. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, that's fine. Okay. No, we can I, move on. And that's so cool. Like, the language you even use, like, a champ does a champion go first to call yourself a champion not like you said not in a prideful way but just to speak that over yourself and also just to picture yourself of like no 
this is who I am. It's not from a place of like pride or ego, from a place of like, I believe in myself. I know myself. I've worked like this. And so I feel comfortable saying this. I think that's powerful. I think that's something cool to see where you've gone. Like That's where say, I'm getting. Oh, it's, wow. <laughs> it's kind of still in that process of even because I still have self doubts. Mm-hmm. I still doubt myself all the time. And so I have to keep reminding myself it's that constant thing of just. And I like what you said, like calling myself a champion. I never even thought about it that way. Just the champion goes first or whatever. Just it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like I am learning that I am good and, uh, and it's okay. Get this back. It sounds like, like you got to this mental space. You got to this part of your life also kind of through Mountain Men because we've only talked about one or two, but really prior to this Ninja Warrior, right? You, you had a different Mountain Men trip. So the trip, yeah, just before Mountain uh, Ninja Warrior this year, uh, Mountain Men trip last year was uh, probably the most impactful. It was uh, yeah, going on the trip, I was asked to lead it, so I got to lead it. With, it was a lot more of a older guys. I won't tell them that they're old men. They <laughs> just like I guys. called you, so I'm sorry. Some of them were old. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna uh, listen to this podcast because you talking to them, be like, why are they? Why is he calling Ephraim old? Because <laughs> he's double my age. That's why. But anyways. Uh, uh, I got to lead this trip, and so it was a humbling thing because they asked me to lead a trip to a, the the quote-unquote easier mountain. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wrestled with that a little bit, but I knew that it was good for me as far as a leader goes because I want to be a good leader. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll lead this trip. And part of me was like, well, what else can I go climb to fill that area in my life? And kind of wrestling with it, talking to the co-leader about it, he would he was kind of obviously hinting that he would rather me not go exploring and climbing other things <laughs> like your mission as the leader is to lead. So lead. Yeah. Uh, and I want to lead well. And so, um, one of the biggest decisions of our life that we're working on that you were going to get to is, uh, we've chosen to move to India, uh, to be missionaries. Mm-hmm. And when that came up and we made that decision was before mountain men. Okay. And I kind of almost surrendered the idea of, of, going off and exploring of just this calming myself down and, and really wanting to press in and knowing God more. And so, uh, as we got to that trip, I, we were on our off day where you do whatever. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to enjoy the Valley. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy the time in the Valley. And I was walking next to some still waters and I thought about David and being beside the still waters and stuff. And I looked up at where I wanted to go. It's called broken hand pass. And I looked at it and I remember I was like, if I never go there again, I'm okay with that. Wow. I just want to give that away. Mm-hmm. And I walked away in perfect peace. And I just kind of walked away and uh, enjoyed the rest of my day. And uh, the next day we go to climb the mountain we're supposed to go on. And I go up to the top. We get up to the top of the mountain and we have this time with God or whatever. And I pass smooth out. Have a great <laughs> nap. One of the best naps of my life. I had my feet hanging off the side of a mountain and just fell asleep. Wow. That's cool. Um, downside of that is I laid on my water bag and I ran out of water. <laughs> <laughs> Upside, though, it wasn't a big deal. Someone else had some water. But uh, we're on our way down, and uh, one of the other teams calls. They were over Broken Hand Pass and said, hey, our our water filter's broke. We need help. Wow. And I just got excited. I was like, I will go. (laughs) Uh, And so we get down down the mountain, and I kind of run off by myself to go get water ready. We had to filter some more water to bring it to them. And um, while I'm running by myself is when I had my, quote, unquote, real Jesus moment where Jesus affirmed me and it kind of showed me that I seek affirmation from men that I look up to. Wow. Instead of finding it from God. Wow. And 
it's okay to be physically fit. It's actually a good thing. They need help. And because you're in good shape, you can climb a mountain and still go climb this and be perfectly fine and bring them water to help them. So he kind of affirmed my need to want to work out, but then he affirmed me as a person and just said, I love you. Wow. And I, I remember hearing it more than once that G, I remember hearing Jesus loves me mm. and it was so real. And it was just like, okay, I can kind of let this stuff go. And the correction side of that was I thought that I could go to the mountain to leave pride on the mountain. But he said, how dare you think that you can lay pride down? That's something you will need to surrender every single day. And what I found is I kind of retrospect and think about it was what is that pride in my life right now that I need to lay down? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's going to be different. Sometimes it's that physical pride that I need to let down. Sometimes it's, you know, other things right now i feel like i'm in a season of learning what selfishness means mm-hmm. and am i selfish i don't consider myself a selfish person but there are selfish tendencies that i have that if i give up i'll probably be a better dad a better leader a better person and yeah. so learning what that means and having that be the mantra of where i'm at right now just learning how to truly surrender and let everything else go no that's really cool just like through these trips god did something different and on the last one, he, you know, has used what he's gifted you with and has shown you like, hey, like, and with the theme of pride, it's like, this isn't just for you. Like, this was always meant for other people and for him to give you a literal, like, and yours is strength and physicality, like a physical, like, reason, like, hey, you're going to go help people. What I've been working on you with is like what I want you to use and just even get use, you know, you're going to go give water to those people. But that's something that, you know, God worked through you and got you to and i think that's so cool even just to watch you like talk about it i think it's something powerful just watching you light up i think it's something really cool to just see where that went and so after that trip like you really felt like you had a new like found like relationship like love of jesus after this right or yeah what it sounded like yeah i felt like it was i think that next stage of knocking the walls down where i could actually be open to Oh, just so many things, just having a better relationship with people, with God, with, I don't know, just living the life that he called me to live mm-hmm. and actually having, yeah, truly having a relationship with God and knowing what that means. And so through this experience, God actually later on used your growing relationship and you've made a big decision concerning your family. Later this year, you're moving your family to India and you're going to be spending quite some time there. Talk about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, I started martial arts. I went on a lot of missions trips and uh, short-term mission trips. And mm-hmm. so I, it's always been kind of something that I've went back to. Always something that I've always thought about. And so when this uh, this thing came up, uh, you know, talking with the people we're talking with, and it was kind of just this evolving thing over the last couple of years. Even my wife joked a couple of years ago, like, man, if God ever called us to move away, we would do it. We're like, wow. yeah, we'll do it. Sure. And then never thought yeah, that sounds good again. to say. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it would be cool. That would be a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, and then when this thing came up, I mean, the, the guy who presented it presented it really well. He's just like, look, I'm not asking you to move. I just want to know if you want to be part of our team. Yeah. What that looks like, who knows? Mm-hmm. I just want to be open to whatever. And so me and my wife, you know, left that first meeting. and was just like, man, yeah, we definitely want to be a part of this. And then we just talked about it more and more and more and just both immediately felt 100% peace about moving. Wow. Which is ridiculous because we have five <laughs> kids. I mean, we there's so many variables to that, but I think that's the point. Um, wow. 
you know, God never said he'll ask you to do something that's easy. That's and really good. So is it hard? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard, but it doesn't feel hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there going to be things that are hard? Definitely. There's going to be things that are going to test me and challenge me. Absolutely. Um, but are yeah, you- so we're, we're about to start fundraising and that whole process. I mean, it's a learning process. Yeah. What are you going to be doing exactly in India? Like, why are you moving? We're moving to, uh, we want to train leaders so that to start a church, but we don't want to be the pastors. We want Indian people to pastor Indian people. Okay. We just want to help disciple and uh, train other people to lead. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of things. I mean, I think it's one of those things that like any church ministry thing, it grows and changes and mm-hmm. evolves. Uh, the goal is to start a church. Um, and right now it's going to be to serve people. Are you partnering partnering with an organization or like a church? With One Love. Okay. One Love. Uh, and you can plug One Love right Global. Here, yeah. yeah, One Love Global. And so he's been in India for about a year. Uh, his mission is to reach India and Africa. You know, the interesting thing about India is it's not illegal to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's illegal to convert someone. Oh, so wow. there'll be some interesting things that we have to learn even going there. And that's what will be interesting about learning how what we're doing there is going to change. You know, I think that... Um, Everything that I do now, I'll be able to use in some facet. I mean, you always see need. I work. I work hard. I can climb trees. There's trees over there. And so I think just having that palms up mentality of if God's calling us to be over there, then we'll go over there. And we went and visited there uh, in March and met some people over there. And just uh, it's like we have another family over there. Wow. And so it's exciting. It's going to be a wild roller coaster ride, but I think it's going to be good. My kids are excited about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously there's some reservations. I mean, you know, one day your parents tell you that they're moving across the other side of the world, you know, <laughs> away from their, everything that they are comfortable. So it's, that's a hard ask to ask anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if done right, it'll be a good thing. Yeah. Um, but it has to be done right. But I think I'm in the position now to be able to accept and roll with whatever comes our way to make it a good thing yeah. for our kids because that's our first ministry. And I think that's, um, always keeping that in the back of the mind because I think so many people in ministry, they get caught up doing ministry and they forget about their own kids. Yeah. You know, they let the, well, we have to do this for the ministry. And that's something that me and my wife have talked a lot about. Well, our, our kids are our first ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. That's really good. I think it's cool to see just, you know, the beginning sounded of your life or really humble, really, you know, normal guy grew up in a Christian household. And then as you grew up, as an adult, he's used these steps along the way, these events to really mold you into you are. And the whole time it was leading to something like India, leading to something like bigger than you. And this is only like half the story, you know, in years to come, if you ever come back, you know, we talk like what happened in India. I think I'll be, yeah, let's do you know, it. if you're back, God might, you know, you're there and he might be like, Hey man, it's another we, 10 years. We have to come back. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll ha- we have to leave India twice a year anyway, oh, so okay. we'll definitely come back. Uh, okay, cool. And family's here, so we'll always come back. Yeah, That's awesome. I'm really excited for what you're going to do, excited for One Love. Um, last thing I always like to ask people is, when you're done with your life, what do you think God will say the story of your life was meant to be? Man. I want to live a life worth living. Wow. I want to. I want to. I. I want to live a life that, you know, like it's something that says that God says, "Well done." Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever that looks like for different people are going to be different. You know, I mean, 
I think what's so cool about God is that it's, he's not in this comparison game. And I think so many times as, as humans, we compare ourselves to everyone else. And, you know, I may, I may never convert anyone to Christianity, but if I can show somebody the love of Christ, then I think that that's something that's impactful. I just want to do what I can do. And if that's to be something great, great. And if it's to be something humble, then great. Because I think even in the long run of, of aspect of moving away, if we can look at things through an eternal perspective, the time we have on earth is nothing. Mm-hmm. And even the things that I strive for, that I long for, being an American Ninja Warrior, what's the purpose <laughs> of that? It's, it's to become famous, to do something great. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, I hope that I can use that for something positive, yeah. even on this podcast, even talking to kids in 180, mm-hmm. being able to say, hey, I've been on American Ninja Warrior. Kids, no, kids are going to be like, what? They're like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. And so if I can use that in a positive way, then I'm going to use it. And so yeah. I hope that, I don't know, you know, part of the, you know, even seeking affirmation from those people is because I want people to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. So I want God to be proud of me. I want God to be proud of what I've done. Yeah. And yeah, I want to get to my end of my life and my kids be proud of me too. That's really cool. That's such a great way. I think, you know, you're a strong leader, you're a strong guy and to see like your heart is truly now at a point of like what matters is like how God is going to see me. And, you know, I, 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 even just talking through, I've seen the way that it's affected just a different stage of your life. And that's really awesome. I guess, uh, connect with you or even support anything that you're doing. They can, we, you can watch American Ninja Warrior to <laughs> yeah. see Ephraim or, and you know, one, one love global. There's not much on there just yeah. because it's in India. Yeah, but so. yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you're not a big social media guy, right? I am on Instagram, the tree ninja. The tree ninja. I didn't even know that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have Facebook, but I don't really use it. I'm on Instagram, though. Yeah, I've never really seen you on social media, so. which I don't, is good. I don't have a big presence there. I, <laughs> You know, that's something interesting. I was on Facebook and Instagram a lot more, and I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? If I'm on my phone on Facebook and my kids see me, what does that say? That, you know, that's the priority. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's so I kind of, I still have Facebook, but I mainly am on Instagram. All right. Ephraim, so. this is a really good episode. I'm glad I, I'm glad I personally got to hear more of your story if that's what the whole thing was, but this is really cool. I got to talk to an American ninja warrior, everyone. We've made it big time this time, David. Well, thank you, Alec. I appreciate you coming here. I'm proud to, I'm proud of you. I'm proud to see what you, you're, you're becoming a man and all the things you're doing and becoming <laughs> a leader and stepping out and doing this podcast. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, any final buys or word? Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know why I asked that. <laughs> no, that's all good. <laughs>
on Twitter at ThisIsTheCSP, and leave us a like on Facebook. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. My story was so good. I didn't even know half of my own story. (laughs) I made all that up. (laughs) Hey, what's up? This is Ephraim Taylor here with the Casual Spiritual... Yeah, see, <laughs> this is awesome. Why is it so hard? Because it's like now the pressure of the podcast starts, and you're like, oh gosh. I know. Casually spiritual podcast. Okay. I wasn't, I mean, she's like, it's nice. It's really cool that you're buff, but that's not what I'm most interested in. Like, you could be really fat. I would still love you. That's the goal. <laughs> that's the dream. That's goals.